Everyone loves a good family mystery, especially one with as many twists and turns as June's journey. Step into the role of June Parker and search for hidden clues to uncover the mystery of her sister's murder. Find hidden clues and uncover a murder mystery. Solve mind-teasing mysteries of the Roaring Twenties. Engage your sense of observation to find hidden clues. Search for hidden objects from the parlors of New York to the sidewalks of Paris and uncover a collection of dazzling hidden object spectacles for you to solve. We're all here because we love true crime, right? Well, this game has the perfect twists and turns to keep your brain asking, what happened here? There's nothing I love more than getting to decorate my very own luxurious state island. The best part? You can chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Hello, listeners. I'm your host, Amara, and this is Black Girl Gone, a true crime podcast. On this episode of Black Girl Gone, we tell the story of Natisse Johnson, a 21-year-old woman who was shot to death in the kitchen of her home in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. At the time of her murder, Natisse was nine months pregnant. When the investigation began, police assumed Natisse's murder was related to domestic violence, but they soon learned that this murder was not committed by an intimate partner. Once police and Natisse's family learned the truth, this senseless murder became even more senseless. What really happened to Natisse? And why were her and her unborn baby murdered? This is Natisse's story. The city of Philadelphia is a city that for many, many years has suffered under the weight of gun violence. Gun violence has had a significant impact on the city and the predominantly black and brown, predominantly low-income communities inside of it. Last year was a particularly violent year here in Philadelphia. Philadelphia had 561 murders. 501 of them were gun deaths. Like I said, gun violence has for a long time been embedded in many communities in Philadelphia. But one thing that never used to be as common as it is now is the shooting deaths of women and children. And while young Black men between the ages of 18 and 34 make up an overwhelming majority of the gun deaths last year, there were also a lot of mostly Black women murdered in this city, too. And the shock of a woman being shot to death is beginning to wear off. It's a, it was almost unheard of 20 or 30 years ago for a woman to be shot in her car or walking down the street. And now it happens so much that we don't even hear about most of these stories. And that's not to say that it didn't happen then. But it wasn't happening every week like it is now. It's easy to become desensitized to these things, especially when you still have to live in a city where this kind of violence is happening every single day. In some ways, it's a protecting of oneself to not think about it too much, to not think about these murders, to not feed into the fear that comes along with wondering if you'll be next or if someone you know will be next. But it's not just Philadelphia. It's the whole country. I know many of you are listening in cities where I could have easily just replaced Philadelphia with the name of your city seamlessly because these same exact things are happening where you live and have been happening. 
people in Philadelphia, they do still care about these murders, especially the murders of women and children. People just don't know how to fix it. Now, back in 1999, 23 years ago, the murder of a pregnant woman was not something that happened often. And so when Natisse Johnson was killed, it shocked even the most hardened Philadelphia detective that worked the case. When Natisse was murdered, I would have really been too young to remember, even if I had heard about it at the time. And it's hard to tell how much media attention the story got, but considering the heinousness of the murder, I would be really surprised if the local media here did not cover this story. Now, Natisse Johnson lived in Philadelphia and was the youngest of her siblings. Natisse, whose family called her Tease for short, was known as the peacemaker of the close-knit family. Growing up, Natisse wanted to be a lawyer, and she wanted to help those who had been abused. An article in the Philadelphia Inquirer back in 1999, Natisse's family said that she was a very stylish young woman who loved to go to King of Prussia Mall, which is a huge mall in the suburbs of Philadelphia. As Natisse grew into an adult, she had a few boyfriends here and there, but when she met a young man named Tyree, she was smitten. According to Natisse's family, Tyree was someone that Natisse wanted to spend the rest of her life with. And so when she got pregnant, she was very excited to start a family with Tyree. In 1999, Natisse was living in West Philadelphia with her father, Howard, who she had a very close relationship with. Now, after high school, Natisse had moved out for a few years, but had recently moved back into her dad's house, which he could not have been more happy about. Her sister, Crystal, said that she had always been a daddy's girl. She said that the two would watch movies together and that Natisse would make him his tea. Now, Tyree at this time was in the Navy, and so he was stationed in Virginia. Now, despite the distance between him and Natisse, Tyree and Natisse spoke on the phone all the time, and he planned to be there at the baby's birth. In preparation for the baby's birth, Natisse was deciding on baby names. She was having a little girl and had narrowed it down to three possibilities. Natisse's family and friends also threw her a baby shower so that Natisse would have everything that she needed for the baby. Everyone in Natisse's family was excited about the new baby in the family. It was really a very happy time for all of them. Now, Natisse was due to give birth in March. Natisse's birthday was also in March, and she was going to be turning 21. And so having the baby that month, I'm sure, would have been the best birthday gift that she could have asked for. But Ten days after her 21st birthday and three days past her scheduled due date, everything changed for Natisse and her family in a matter of minutes. On Saturday, March 27, 1989, Natisse had been home that day. Now, at nine months pregnant and three days overdue, I'm sure she wasn't doing very much outside the house. She was really just waiting to give birth. That day, Tyree was on his way up from Virginia so that he could be with Natisse when she went to, to labor. Like I said, at this point, she was three days overdue, and so they expected that the baby was going to be there any day now. Around 11 a.m. that day, Natisse spoke to her sister Crystal on the phone. Crystal, who was married and has two children, also lived on the same block as her father and sister. And even though the sisters lived close, they spoke on the phone at least five times a day. And that just gives you a glimpse of how close these sisters really were. During their conversation, her sister Crystal recalled Natisse telling her that Tyree was coming to Philly to be with her for the birth. 
Natisa's story was featured on the show Homicide City, which comes on Investigation Discovery a few years ago. And in that episode, Crystal said that she would normally speak to her sister every few hours, but that day she had other things going on, and so she wasn't going to be able to call her that much. Crystal recalled that during the last conversation she had with her sister, she asked her if she needed anything, and Natisa told her that she was fine before hanging up. Howard, Natisa's father, was a truck driver and had been out of the house all day. He came home around 7.30 that evening. And when he arrived at the home, he entered the house. It was completely dark inside. He called out for Natisa several times, but he got no response. That's when he made his way into the kitchen and turned on the light. And lying on the floor, covered in blood, is his daughter Natisse. Natisse's father is completely in shock and can't tell what has happened to Natisse. So he calls Crystal on the phone, screaming, telling her that she needs to come down there because Natisse was hurt. According to Crystal, as soon as her dad called her, she put her shoes on and ran down the street to where her father and Natisse lived. When Crystal entered the kitchen, she saw something that she will never, ever forget. Natisse was unresponsive and there was blood everywhere. At first, neither Crystal nor Howard knew what happened. They thought at first that Natisse had gone into labor or had fallen and hit her head, but there was just entirely too much blood. So Howard and Crystal called 911. And when paramedics arrived on the scene, they immediately realized what caused Crystal's injuries. Crystal had been shot four times at point-blank range. Three shots to her head and one to her back. This was not an accident. This was an assassination. Paramedics tried to save Natisse and her unborn baby, but they couldn't. Natisse died, and her baby died 20 minutes later due to oxygen deprivation. Natisse's family was heartbroken. They had just had Natisse's baby shower and were getting ready for their new niece and granddaughter to arrive. But instead of standing in the hospital awaiting the birth of the new baby, they were getting the devastating news that Natisse and her unborn daughter were gone. And not just gone, murdered. But by who? Investigators immediately started working on the murders of Natisse and the baby. As many murders as the detectives in the city have seen, the murder of a pregnant woman in her own home tugged on the heartstrings of many of the investigators working this crime. And so they were determined to find the monster who did this. As police began to process the scene, there wasn't much evidence to collect, but the biggest thing that they did not find was the signs of forced entry. Home invasion robberies do happen in this city a lot, so there was always a possibility that someone could have broken into the home. But with no signs of forced entry, a home invasion was quickly ruled out. Investigators then began to focus on the people in Natisa's life. No forced entry meant to investigators that Natisse likely knew her killer. But the multiple shots to the head led them to believe that this was a crime of passion. And so the police turned their attention to the baby's father, Tyree. Investigators first questioned Natisse's family about Tyree to see if they had anything to say about Tyree or his relationship with Natisse that would give them, you know, any insight into whether or not he was involved. 
But according to Natisse's family, Tyree was a great guy and he and Natisse had no problems in their relationship. They said that Tyree was excited about the baby, just like Natisse. And so no one close to Natisse had anything bad to say about Tyree or his relationship with Natisse. For investigators, however, just because no one suspected Tyree didn't mean that he wasn't responsible. I mean, sometimes people are really good at hiding who they really are. And so for them, he was their primary person of interest at that point. And they knew that they really needed to speak to him. But police wouldn't have to search for Tyree because while police and investigators were still on the scene, at around 8 p.m. that night, Tyree showed up at Natisa's house. Tyree tells investigators that he had come up from Virginia to be with Natisse when she gave birth. He said that when he had got to the city, he called Natisse several times, but she didn't answer the phone. He said then at around 1 p.m., after not getting her on the phone, he came to her house and knocked on the door. But no one came to the door, and so he left. He told the investigators that he had been with his brother the entire day. After speaking to police and checking out his alibi, investigators began to move away from Tyree as a potential suspect. From their conversations with him and the people who knew him and Natisse, they didn't believe that Tyree had any motive to kill Natisse, and he genuinely seemed happy about being a father and being with Natisse. But after ruling Tyree out, that left investigators with a ton of questions. If Tyree wasn't responsible for Natisa's murderer, then who was? I mean, who would want to kill a pregnant woman? Investigators began to dig deeper into Natisa's life and relationships, both past and present. They asked Natisa's family if they knew of any boyfriends Natisa had before Tyree. And one particular boyfriend stood out to investigators because, according to her family, there had been issues in he and Natisa's relationship, and she had made accusations that he had exhibited abusive behavior. Natisa's sister, Crystal, told investigators that during an argument, he had thrown something at Natisa, and after that, she said that she had to get away from him. According to them, the pregnant Natisse had recently run into this ex at a market in the neighborhood after not seeing him for a year. Could seeing Natisse pregnant with another man's baby have set him off? I mean, did he get mad and show up to Natisse's house and kill her? Well, at the time, police had no idea if that was the case. But the ex-boyfriend quickly became person of interest number one. It's the new year, and I want to reinvent my style. That's why I went to Ana Luisa Jewelry. Ana Luisa Jewelry is made for you and the planet in mind. They're 100% carbon and water neutral, but also really pretty if you ask me. Their versatile designs are perfect to mix and match and wear every day. I even layer my necklaces together now. I have such a hard time choosing just one to wear, so why not wear two or three? Ana Luisa, that's A-N-L-U-I-S-A, has timeless jewelry for any occasion. A cute ring to show off at the grocery store when you pay for your groceries, a dainty bracelet when you pick up an iced coffee, and a luxurious necklace that makes your friends think, she must be making a lot of money with a necklace like that. But the best part is, Ana Luisa jewelry starts at just $39. The prices are incredible. With our code, GIRLGONE, you can get up to 40% off your first order at shop.analuisa.com. 
At Ana Luisa, that's A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A, their pieces are the perfect gift for anybody on your list. A friend, a partner, a sister-in-law, a daughter to spoil. Plus, the gift guide on their website, along with their bestsellers page, are great destinations to browse most gifted options. So while you're getting yourself a new necklace, throw one in for your sister. Why not? You're getting 40% off anyways. Wait, how could I forget? New jewelry collections are released every Friday. Get yourself and your loved ones the perfect gift with up to 40% off. Check out Anna Luisa at shop.analuisa.com slash girlgone. I know you'll love them. On March 27, 1999, 21-year-old Natish Johnson, who was nine months pregnant at the time, was found shot to death in the West Philadelphia home she shared with her father. In the early hours of the investigation, detectives focused their suspicion on Natisha's boyfriend and the father of her baby, Tyree. But after speaking to Tyree and Natisha's family and friends, they ruled Tyree out as a possible suspect. Soon after, they learned of a different man that had been in Natisha's life before Tyree, an ex. And when police looked into the ex-boyfriend's background, they discovered that he had a long history with police. And that was a huge red flag for investigators. Detectives are able to get the address for him and decided to give him a visit. But when police arrived at the home to speak with him, he wasn't there. But they were able to find out that he worked at the Philadelphia International Airport. And so they went to his job to speak to him. Now, Natisa's ex tells investigators that he had nothing to do with Natisa's death. However, investigators were not buying his story initially. Natisa had apparently filed a restraining order against him, and even though it wasn't served after Natisa did not show up to court, for investigators, it meant that at some point in her relationship with him, she was afraid enough to file a restraining order. So him saying that he had nothing to do with her murder meant nothing to investigators. They questioned him about seeing Natisa in the market pregnant. But he said that he and Natisa had always had an up-and-down relationship and that when she broke up with him, he was okay with it. He was not mad enough to kill her over it. But he also had an alibi, too. He told investigators that he had been at work all day and then he had gone to see his girlfriend. So investigators checked his alibi and it checked out. He had been at work when the murders occurred. And so that ruled him out as a possible suspect. Investigators had now been able to rule out at least two of the men known to Natisa as suspects. Her boyfriend Tyree had been checked out by detectives and they had ruled him out. And then an ex-boyfriend had also been checked out, and investigators had ruled him out. Both of them had alibis and no real obvious reason to want Natisse dead. Natisse's family was left reeling after her murder. They had to bury Natisse and the baby that she was so excited to meet but was never able to. Natisse had not settled on a name for her baby girl before her death. She liked the names Brandy and Tiana. But with her now gone, her family had to decide which name to use for the death announcement for the baby girl they also never got to meet. The grief her family felt was overwhelming, and they still at that point had no idea who killed Natisse or why. When investigators had spoken to Natisse's family, they had also told them about a man that Natisse had dated briefly between the ex and Tyree. Now, this guy was someone that Natisse had met after she broke up with the ex, but before she met Tyree, and the relationship had not been serious. It was really just a rebound. 
Notice's family knew of this guy, but after she saw him for a little while, they really hadn't heard much else about him. According to Crystal in that Homicide City episode, she said that when this guy heard that Natisse was pregnant, he did ask if it was his baby. It wasn't his baby as far as investigators knew, but he thought that it was a possibility. And so investigators went to speak to him so that they could either rule him in or rule him out as a possible suspect. When investigators go to speak to this guy that Natisse had briefly dated, he denies murdering Natisse and tells police that the baby she's carrying was, in fact, his baby. So investigators bring him into the headquarters so that they could ask him a few more questions. And he tells police that he and Natisse had dated for about three to four months before she started talking to Tyree. The guy was insistent that he was the father of her baby. But he also gave police a new possible motive. I mean, maybe the paternity of the baby that Natisse was carrying had something to do with her death. So in order to find out if, in fact, the new man on police's radar was the father, police asked for a DNA sample, and he agreed to give it to them so that detectives could determine who the father of the baby was. But even before the DNA results came back, the guy who believed that he may be the father was moved from the suspect list, because his alibi, like Tyree and Natisse's ex, checked out. All three of the men that Natisse had been involved with over the previous few years were now all officially ruled out as suspects. Within days of her murder, police had ruled out all three possible suspects and were pretty much back at square one. A murder that police originally thought was a crime of passion committed by someone involved in a relationship with Natisse was no longer pointing in that direction. And so the question of who wanted to kill a pregnant woman and why was still unanswered. Several days after the murder, police finally received the phone records for Natisse. Investigators had been waiting for these records so that they could attempt to piece together what happened and who Natisse had spoken with in the days and hours leading up to her murder. Now, they were able to confirm Tyree's story through the phone records. They also found a call from the man who believed he may be the father, but it was only one call, nothing obsessive or unusual. But on the day of the murder, police discovered that an unknown call came into Natisse's phone around noon. As far as police knew, the last person to speak to Natisse was her sister Crystal at around 11 a.m. that day, and no one they had spoken to so far had said that they had spoken to Natisse. So this 12 p.m. phone call was a new lead for investigators. Whoever Natisse had been speaking to that day, their conversation had lasted for at least an hour. And so that indicated to investigators that whoever Natisse was speaking to was someone she must have known, and it was someone close to Natisse. When police figure out whose number it is, they discover that it was someone close to Natisse. It belonged to her best friend. Now, a lot had been going on in the investigation in the early days, and so police were working their way through the list of witnesses and suspects really fast. Natisa's best friend was someone they hadn't spoke to yet, but she would turn this investigation in a brand new direction. Natisa and her best friend spoke on the phone every single day, and they told each other everything. And so her best friend knew exactly what was going on in Natisa's life and vice versa. The day that she was murdered, they spoke for about an hour, but at 1 p.m., 
She said that Natisse told her that she had to go because someone was at the door. But Natisse never called her friend back. Now, her best friend told investigators that Natisse was dealing with a lot, preparing to be a new mom. But her issues with a guy named Kareem Sampson were what really had been bothering her in recent weeks. But Kareem wasn't some random guy or anyone Natisse had dated. Kareem was a childhood friend of Natisse's who she had known for years. So what was Kareem harassing Natisse about? Well, it turns out that Kareem and Natisse had a mutual friend and they had all went to school together. Kareem and the other young lady began dating and eventually had a baby and got engaged. But the relationship had soured and Kareem had been accused of being abusive. His ex had left him and Kareem was not taking it well. And when his ex left him, she also took their child with her and apparently had been hiding from Kareem, whose behavior was becoming increasingly more volatile. And so Kareem had turned his attention to Natisse to harass since he couldn't find his ex. He knew Natisse was friends with his ex, and so he began to call Natisse constantly. He would ask Natisse repeatedly, you know, where is my ex, demanding answers, accusing her of lying. And according to her best friend, Kareem's ex had started seeing Natisse's brother. And so that's why he was convinced that Natisse knew more than she was saying. Just a few weeks before Natisse's murder, Kareem's ex and Natisse's brother met and started dating. But not long after that, Kareem's ex took their daughter and left. Natisse's best friend was able to give investigators information about where Kareem worked. And so the detectives were able to track him down and they went to Kareem's job so that they could speak to him and find out how much he knew about Natisse's murder. Kareem at the time was working at a nursing home in the suburbs of the city. And so the detectives went and spoke to Kareem, who agreed to voluntarily come back to the city for an interview. When detectives spoke to Kareem, he denied any involvement in Natisse's death. He told them that he didn't have any problems with Natisse and no reason to kill her. But when police asked him when was the last time he spoke to Natisse, he lied. He told investigators that he hadn't spoke to Natisse for a long time which they knew was a lie based on Natisse's phone records. After being confronted with the evidence, Kareem knew that he was pretty much done. And so he decided to confess what he did. Kareem told police that he went over to Natisse's house to confront her about what she knew about his ex. He was convinced that Natisse knew more than she was saying, and he thought that she was obligated to tell him what she knew. But Natisse didn't want to be involved in the personal affair of these two people, friends or not. It wasn't her place, and she didn't want to be in the middle of their drama, rightfully so. But Kareem didn't care, and he blamed Natisse, at least in part, for what was happening to his relationship. When Kareem arrived at Natisse's house, she let him in so that they could talk. Despite Kareem's erratic behavior the past few months, this was someone Natisse had known since middle school. I'm sure the last thing that she thought was that he was going to kill her. But once inside, Kareem demanded that Natisse tell him where his ex was, to which Natisse refused. She told Kareem that his ex was a big girl and that she could do whatever she wanted. But this only made Kareem more angry, and he pulled out a gun and held it directly to Natisse's head. Again, 
he demanded that Natisse tell him where his ex was, and she again refused. Kareem then pulled the trigger and shot her in the back and then three times in the head, killing her and her baby. Less than a week after the brutal murder of Natisse and her unborn baby, Kareem Sampson was arrested and charged with two counts of first-degree murder. It was the first time in Philadelphia that a person was charged with the murder of a fetus. Kareem Sampson stood trial for the murder of Natisse and was convicted on both counts for both murders. And after being unable to unanimously decide, Kareem was sentenced to two consecutive life sentences. Crystal said that when she saw Kareem in court, he looked like he was only sorry that he got caught. There's never, ever a reason to shoot and kill a woman who is nine months pregnant. Regardless of whatever happened, nothing Natisse ever did in her short life here on Earth could justify the heinous way in which her life was taken. So often when you do hear a story about a missing or murdered pregnant woman, the signs usually point to a husband or boyfriend, but Natisse's story shows how that's not always the case. Kareem and Natisse did not have a romantic relationship. She had known him for years. He had dated her friend. The last thing anyone would suspect was that someone like that would murder Natisse for absolutely no reason. In the end, Kareem got nothing. He will spend the rest of his life in prison. Kareem himself was only 20 years old when he made the choice to kill Natisse. And he got nothing for it. Not the girl he wanted back, or a chance to be a father to his own child. He was a selfish man who made selfish choices that altered the course of so many lives. Natisse's family has had to try to move on with their lives in the wake of this tragedy. Kareem bringing in prison only brings some comfort to them. The life that was stolen from Natisse and her unborn baby can never be replaced. It's been almost 23 years now since Natisse was murdered. Her daughter, who would have been born in March, would be 22 years old now. So much loss, so much potential, ripped away, all for nothing. I hope the people who love Natisse have been able to find some peace in the years since she was taken. May Natisse Johnson and Tamia Nicole rest in peace. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. We will be back next week with a brand new story. Join us on Patreon for exclusive minisodes and ad-free episodes. As always, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Black Girl Gone Podcast. Listening on Apple Podcasts? Show your support for the show by leaving a review and a five-star rating. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.